What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Pick 6 Nation. This is going to be episode number 112, and my guest for this episode is Thomas Gorski. Thomas, thank you for coming on. Yeah, man, absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Excited to talk some football. All right. Awesome, dude. Let's do it. All right. The topics for this episode are Week 11 takeaways, takeaways from the Bills, Lions, Cowboys, Giants, and Vikings, Patriots games, the Odell Beckham Jr. saga, Levante David is nominated for the Art Rudy Sportsmanship Award, Daryl Henderson Jr. to the Jaguars. Joe Thomas and Rondé Barber named Hall of Fame semifinalists for 2023. Sean Ryan suspended six games for violating NFL policy against performance-enhancing substances. And predictions for the games on Sunday and Monday. All right, let's start with Week 11 takeaways. What do you take away from Week 11? Okay, yeah. So um, there's two things that really stood out to me last week. Um, it's just how legit the Dallas Cowboys are. I mean, I think anytime you put on a beating of 40 to three against a team like the Minnesota Vikings on the road, I think that speaks a lot of volume. Uh, Dak Prescott was nearly flawless. Uh, I believe 20 of 25. Tony Pollard had two long tutties. Um, you know, they just created absolute havoc for Kirk Cousins and the rest of that Vikings offense. Um, you know, it was just it, it, it was just an absolute beating that not many people expected. You know, I think many people expected the Cowboys would maybe win because something the Vikings are a little fraudulent. But I don't think anyone predicted 40 to three, maybe like a 31, 24, 31, 21 kind of score, maybe. So, I mean, I think just the Cowboys in the way they won spoke a lot of volume to me. And then yeah. uh, my second main takeaway is probably, you know, just like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he is him. Patrick Mahomes has not 100%. lost a step. Like he has not lost a step whatsoever. You know, a minute, a minute fifteen, I think, was on the clock against the Chargers, and that's just too much time. Tyree Kill or not, Patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the league. He's hundred percent agree. <laughs> you know, he's he is incredible, and he outduels Justin Herbert once again. I know the Chargers were a little shorthanded because Williams got hurt on like the first drive, first drive or two of the game, but he re hurt his ankle. And Keenan yeah, Allen was back. But that was unfortunate, man. Yeah, it really was. So, but yeah, I mean, those are my two main takeaways. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I think, is the MVP front runner right now. And, you know, just not many people saw that coming, knowing that they lost Tyreek Hill. But it's like he did all of this. He put up 30 points against the Chargers with Sky Moore as his, like, number one weapon. Because, like, Juju didn't play. Like, I don't, Tony got hurt. Um, You know, you have all yeah. these injuries. And it's like he's still getting it done. So I, it just speaks volume to me, the type of impact that we're seeing from Patrick Mahomes this year. Because I feel like people thought he would be he he would be like still pretty solid, but I don't think anyone expected him to keep the same level of play without Tyreek Hill. So Dude, those are just my two takeaways from last week. I hundred percent agree with your takeaways. I mean, the Chiefs they go in, they they beat the Chargers on their last drive. That's a great win. I agree with your takeaways. Mahomes is going to be Mahomes. I like what you said regarding the Cowboys because not many people, I don't think anyone expected the Cowboys to win in the way they did. It was a very, it was a solid win. They really got it done. Micah Parsons forcing that fumble off of Kirk Cousins. Just what a play by Micah Parsons. He's been awesome this year. I think he's the defensive player of the year. Oh, absolutely. The, his, his strip sack just set the tone for the rest of the game. I mean, that defense, they, Hundred percent pressured Kirk Cousins sixty three percent of the time. You know, and for anyone who doesn't know, like how big of a deal that is. When we saw Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl against the Bucks and thought he was really pressured, that was only thirty seven percent. So you're nearly almost doubling that. And it's like how that Vi that's how you stop that Vikings offense is you just put yeah. the pressure on. That's what that Cowboys defense does. It's one of the best for a reason. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I also want to add. Marcus Jones, what a kick return, what a punt return touchdown to seal the deal for the Patriots. That was at what an absolutely phenomenal way to win a game. Yeah, I mean Marcus Jones, I really loved him coming out of Houston when I was when I was studying him in the pre-draft process. Um he's a little shorter, you know, he's five foot eight. But what really stood out about his game was his his special teams work, and that's what Bill Belichick loves. He loves a guy that could play special teams. You know, even if you don't necessarily have a role with the starters, you can make a name for yourself on the special teams. And that's what Marcus Jones is doing. We saw that's how Julian Edelman started out. Matthew Slater, he's still there. So, like, that's just kind of like Marcus Jones is a little bit of a Bill Belichick type of guy. 
And that's yes. what I really like that I saw to Marcus Jones. And I think any time, I mean, I feel bad for the Jets, you know, just because that's a terrible, that's just a really tough way to lose. Yeah. But, you know, special teams, you just got to do better than that. You can't allow a, a punt return with 13 seconds left. You know, you, you just can't. That's coaching 101. So, but I mean, all credit goes to Marcus Jones. He is one. Yeah, 100%. Dude, 100%. Also, uh, the Jets are in a really bad situation. Uh, it's rough. It's pretty rough right now. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think anytime you bench your number two overall pick, you're in a really tough spot. Um, you know, Robert Saleh is, you know, he's been in a tough spot all year. You've had issues with Zach Wilson right now, but then you've also had issues with Elijah Moore earlier in the year. So I don't want to say yeah. I don't. I don't want to make the uh, accusation that he's maybe losing the locker room because I feel like, you know, benching Zach Wilson potentially, you know, saves the locker room because a lot of people were upset with his comments, you know, when he just said no, when asked if he felt like he, you know, his play let the team down, you know, that yeah. obviously led the players the wrong way. Because as a quarterback, I feel like, you know, the number one rule when you're a quarterback in this league is accountability. Even if it's not your fault, you just take accountability. I still don't agree with the yeah. benching necessarily because i feel like how do you come back from that you know i don't know how you could repair that relationship like you know it's like it's not like he, he, he wasn't even benched like he was just he's inactive he's not even going to be dressing on on here later today so you know when i feel like that speaks a lot of volume when you sit your number two overall pick but he's not even the backup so it's not even like you're starting flacco like flacco's the backup mike white's starting I don't agree with it. I think you got to roll it out with Wilson because you they're five and two when Zach Wilson starts games. You're five and two and you see a benching, you just don't see that too often. So I don't know how you come back from that. If you're Wilson, he could probably he might play elsewhere next year. Gives me very Josh Rosen vibes right now. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I also want to go to the 49ers Cardinals game. That was what a dominant performance by the 49ers. They literally dominated this game in the second half, especially. Uh, what a team that is to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think anytime you have a team with Debo Samuel, uh, you know, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, um, Kyle Shanahan calling plays, you know, that's obviously a team that's going to be able to put up points. Then you got D'Amico Ryans as defense coordinator. Yes. I mean, you know, he was a head coaching job or head coaching candidate for a lot of teams last year. I know he was the runner up or potentially for the Vikings last year, yeah. but he ended up taking his name out of it. And then they went with uh, Kevin O'Connell, which that's looked out to be pretty good. But I just feel like with this Niners team, they're going to get hot at the right time. And they're, they're just a team you don't want to play in the playoffs. You know, like yeah. they very experienced George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo. Those two guys have been in the big, they've been in the big game before. Debo Samuel is another guy. I mean, McCaffrey is just, he's just another weapon. And then you bring in Elijah Mitchell you have a one one A, one B. I mean, how do you stop that? But I mean, just taken away from what I saw in that game and it was in New Mexico, I believe. Obviously the Cardinals were shorthanded. Oh, um it was in uh, Mexico City. Mexico City, okay. Mexico City, thank you. Uh Welcome. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, um it, it it was a beat down, which I feel like a lot of people expected with no Kyler Murray, no Rondale Moore, no Marquise Brown, Zach Ertz is, I believe, just got put on IR yesterday. So the Cardinals were pretty shorthanded. Yeah. Um, you know, J.J. Watt was doing whatever he could in that defense, but that defense is fraudulent as it is. You know, Colt McCoy was never going to out-duel uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, but, I mean, that was probably yeah. the best game we've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo this season. I mean, he he was money out there with three touchdowns. 100%. 100%. Uh, yeah, again, a dominant win by the 49ers. Yeah. The Bears, unfortunately, lose to the Falcons. That was a rough loss. Uh, that one hurt as a Bears fan. Oh, Are you a Vikings fan? I am a Vikings fan, indeed. All right, all right. Okay, so you guys... Uh, yeah, you guys have had a, fan, a phenomenal season. Oh, absolutely. I think any time you have a... Well, now, you know, you have a 9-2 and two record. Obviously, the points differential, you know, does bring a question mark. Because there's that Cowboys game, and then when they beat uh, they beat the Patriots, I believe they're at, like, negative two right now, or two. It's just, like, one of the lowest. Um, But, you know, in this league, something I've really taken over the last few years is you take wins when you can get it. You can't really apologize for dubs. And, uh, you know, good teams win close games. You know, that's how I've always viewed it. We've seen the Packers do it for years. 
we've seen Tom Brady's Bucks, and even when he was with the Patriots, they'd win a lot of yeah. one-score games. So um, that's just a narrative I've never necessarily agreed with is, you know, oh, you should apologize, you know, for winning or you're not that good or you're fraudulent. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you are what your record is. You know, it all balances out towards the end of the year. Now you just got to see what happens when you get to the playoffs. But when you were mentioning uh, the Bears and Fields from last week, um, you know, that's obviously a tough loss. You know, the defense has really let Chicago down these last few weeks. I'm not sure if it's because, you know, obviously trading Roquan was a tough decision Ryan Poles had to make. But you have seen Justin Fields take that next step. Obviously, you know, seeing him throw that game-losing interception against the Falcons is brutal. But, um, you know, I still thought he played fairly well against the Atlanta defense. I was bringing a lot of pressure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, obviously you as a Bears fan, I don't think you could, you know, be too upset knowing that you're losing for a top pick. The games are close and Fields is developing. Yeah, 100% agree. 100% agree. Oh, uh, I put the microphone audio. Oh, okay. Yeah. But anyway, going back to the takeaways, I also want to add Cordell Patterson, ninth return, ninth, ninth kickoff return touchdown, which is the most. Congratulations to him. He's had a, such an awesome career. Awesome return guy. Uh, yeah. yeah, congratulations to Cordell Patterson. Yeah, he's he's an absolutely special talent. You know, he's, he, uh, you know, I think there's an argument that he's the best to ever do it. But it's like when when, De- when you add Devin Hester's, you know, punt returns, you know, you do have to probably put Hester ahead of him. But I've never seen yeah. a guy such as Cordero Patterson really just change the outcome of a game where he would, j- it's at any moment. I mean, when you least expect it, he takes it to the house. And what I'm more impressed by is he's done it in so many different systems. He's done yes. it with the Bears. He's done it with the Vikings. He's done it now with the Falcons, where is another reason I kind of give him the edge over someone like Devin Hester is because Patterson also does as a receiver when Hester was just used as basically just a punt and kick returner for the early part or yeah, for the early part of his career. I know he went to wide receiver towards the end, but it wasn't just necessarily the same. You know, Patterson's done it as a kick returner, a running back, a wide receiver where we've never seen such a triple threat in this league. And it's very unique from my perspective. And I feel like that's why he's probably one of the best to ever do it. And he'll probably have a spot in Canton one day. Um, yes, Hester, he obviously, uh, Hester obviously deserves it. I think both of them should be in it. Mm-hmm. I think they're two of the best to ever do it. So it's just a matter of when, not if, for both those guys. But, you know, I've been very blessed to be able to see uh, Cordero Patterson in a Vikings jersey and then just seeing the rest of his career kind of pan out. Yeah, 100%. 100% agree with you on that. I got to see him in a Bears jersey, and that was pretty nice. He's special. Yeah. What a player. Absolutely. The Raiders got a really nice win in overtime. Derek Carr to Devontae Adams. Uh, that was a nice way to win that game. Got to say that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, it's been a very up-and-down season for Josh McDaniels. I've heard there's a you know there's rumors of him that they would fire him if they could, but they would actually lose money if they like they don't have yeah. enough money to even hire a new coach. Um, you know there's rumors of Derek Carr then moving off of him this off season and targeting C.J. Stroud instead. Um, so I mean the Raiders there's been so many just ups and downs with them, but it is nice to see um college best friends, uh Derek Carr, Devonte Adams. What they've done this year has been truly special. And, you know, picking up an overtime win against a team like the Denver Broncos is, you know, division game, always tough. I know Wilson and Hackett, you know, it's just been an absolute disaster out there in Denver. But yes. it's still good. It's good to see Carr and Adams connect. Josh Jacobs has been really nice there. Mm-hmm. Defense has been up and down. Haven't really heard much from Chandler Jones since he signed that big deal. But, you know, it's just a great win. You know, the Raiders, they're a team that could get sneaky hot. But they're also a team that kind of collapsed completely. You know, there's just no consistency there. And that and that kind of falls on the coaching staff. And that's kind of what Josh McDaniels has always been. But, um, you know, anytime you pick up a big win, especially when you burn a corner like Patrick Sertain the second, um, you know, that's just, you know, he's one of the best. You know, and Adams is also one of the best for a reason. I, I was one of the few that thought Adams would not be nearly as good as he was in Green Bay. 
just because I think when you go from Rogers to Carr, that's a little bit of a downgrade. But I mean, Adams has been just well as advertised, and he was he was the sole reason mm-hmm. that they beat the Broncos in overtime. I don't know how you get that wide open. Carr put it on the money, and you know the Raiders picked up a win. Uh, Broncos defense has been very stout this year, but you know there's just not much you can do when you face Devontae Adams. There's just nothing. Hundred percent, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that for sure. Samaje Ryan had a day. That was very nice to see. The Bengals got a very nice win against the Steelers. Must say that. Oh, yeah. I mean, any you know, I actually picked the Steelers in that game because they were home. I mean, that was a very tough game. You know, division team, Bengals, Steelers always play tough. Um, but, I mean, Joe Burrow, he's just that dude, you know. Yeah. Coming out of LSU, Higgins, too. T. Higgins, I mean, Samaji P. P. Ryan really stepped in after Mixon got a concussion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, that team is very, from an offensive standpoint, that team's one of the best. Like, they were just in the Super Bowl for a reason. And they did it without Jamar Chase. I mean, Tyler Boyd has been the unsung hero for them this year. He's really stepped up with Chase's absence. Hayden Hurst has been a nice free agent acquisition. Yes. Offensive line was looking a little shaky at the but now their offensive line's kind of come together. The Bengals are a team that could get really hot because their defense, it's it's kind of like in that top 10, the top 15-ish, where that's really what you need to win the Super Bowl when you've got like a top five to seven offense. Yeah. So, I mean, it's anytime you go on the road and you win in Heinz Field, um, I feel like that speaks a lot of volume because that Steelers defense is still pretty nasty. I know Big Ben's not there anymore and Pickett's been a little underwhelming, but I mean, Najee's still had a big day. You got George Pickens, Dante yeah. Johnson, Pat Fryer move, like Mike Tomlin, you know. So it's like whenever you could beat a Mike Tomlin team the way they did on the road, uh, 37 points, you know, yeah. that's not Mike Tomlin-esque. You know, we don't typically see that from a Steelers defense, especially with no Jamar Chase and no Joe Mixon, basically, for that Bengals team. It just speaks a lot of volume to me. And I feel like the Bengals are a team that no one really wants to play once they get in. 100% agree with you on that. Yeah, Steelers get a nice win. Uh, Trent Irwin played well for the Bengals. Let's add the Bills get a nice win over the Browns. The Saints get a nice win over the Rams. Commanders get a nice win over the Texans. So that was really cool to see. Yeah, the Colts played the Eagles quite well. Yes, that was a that was a big time game. You know, Jalen Hurts led that game winning drive. You know, I thought Jeff Saturday really mismanaged the clock because I I watched a good portion of that game, knowing the Vikings didn't play till three twenty five. But um, I mean, Jalen Hurts has been phenomenal. You know, he is a guy I yes yes yes. I mean, A.J. Brown had a quiet game, but, you know, Jalen Hurts did. We know what franchise quarterbacks do, and you just yeah, find a way to absolutely. win. absolutely. You just find a way to win, you know? That's what yeah. he did. And, you know, obviously, I still I know the Colts are a mess, but it's like anytime you win on the road in Indy, credit's given where it's due. You know, nine out of ten times, the Eagles would probably lose that game, but this time they, they won. So um, it's nice to see, you know, it's nice to see because the Eagles are a pretty fun team. And, you know, the Colts, you know, a lot of people don't really respect them for what they did in the whole handling the whole Jeff Saturday process. Um, yeah. So, you know, just as a whole, you know, the Eagles are legit. They are the clear cut threat in the NFC. I personally think the NFC is wide open, you know, from one to five. I feel like it's yes. really anyone's game, which is what you nice to see. So, yeah, but I mean, just from what I've seen up to this point, you know, the Eagles look very well. You know, the run game's looking good, their pass game. You know, you just kind of guys got to wait and see what happens come playoff time because they were one and done last year. So, yeah, they're gonna. I they'll have much better playoff success this year, for sure. Especially home that's field. So, that's such an awesome Eagles team. It is. You know, it's it's very complete. I would argue that they might be the most complete team in the NFC. You know, I I, I still I'm still a big believer in the Bucks. That you know, when it comes playoff time, is when they'll put it together. I think a lot of people are sleeping on them, but outside of the Bucks, yeah, I feel like the Eagles. You know, credits given where it's due, they are complete from deep offense, defense, special teams. You know, they are phenomenal from top to bottom. Hundred percent agree with you on that. Hundred percent agree with you. I also want to go to the Ravens Panthers game. That was a really good game. The Panthers defense 
they were phenomenal. Uh, I don't think many people expected uh, them to keep it that as close as they did. Uh, So props to the Panthers for keeping that close. Uh, But the Ravens, nice job on them to come through. That's a really good thing. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like Steve Wilkes has probably done enough to keep that inter, you know, get rid of that interim title and, 100%. you know, keep that job. You know, the, the guys are playing hard for him and he's had, and he's had a very messy quarterback situation. They're probably going to yeah. be able to land one of those top guys in the upcoming draft to build around, you know, trading that trade of McCaffrey, I still feel was a great deal for the Panthers and that the 49ers yes. overpaid yes. for a non-premium position. And, you know, that's, you know, that is just such a d- big deal for the Panthers who they're not competing anyway. So to be able to get a second, third, fourth, and I think like like another pick, you know, when you get like four picks for a non-premium position that really anyone can play at a high level, obviously McCaffrey is different because he's not necessarily a running back. He's just a weapon. But when it, but when you're looking at the Panthers, like they weren't competing, traded 26-year-old running back away, but they've been playing very well without McCaffrey. Foreman has really taken over and 100%. played the position very well. DJ Moore is still a little up and down, but is that because of him or is it the quarterback situation? You got Sam Darnold starting later today. You had PJ Walker, the former XFL guy. Then you had Baker Mayfield, former first round bust. So it's like, it's like, what are you going to do if you're Steve? But like, well, what Steve Wilkes has done with this team, this defense um, has really spoken volume to me just because I felt like he's been able to make a lot work with not much to work with at the same time where he's gotten the best out of his players and, you know, getting Matt rule out 100%. of percent. you know, just the team played well. And, you know, it's, it's also a little concerning if I'm the Ravens that you struggle with a team like that. I understand there was no Mark Andrews. JK Dobbins is on IR. Bateman's out for the season. Like I understand you are a little limited. Wait, they, they had Mark Andrews in that game. Did they? Did they? Okay. I wasn't sure if Mark Andrews was back or not. Yeah. He played in that game. Okay. He did. Okay. I, I I I thought so. I I still wasn't one hundred percent. So okay, that's good to see. But either way, when you I know I still understand you had no Rashad Bateman and no J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, you know those are still two big time weapons that you don't necessarily have. Um, but you know Lamar was able to find a way to get it done. That's what you like to see. But you know it's still a little concerning that you struggled because I I think it was like three to three for the first like three quarters maybe it was pretty close for the longest. Yeah, it was time. really close. Bad. Yeah. I think we got every game. Um, hold on. I want to go back to No, I want to go back to the Colts game. Jonathan Taylor had a great game. He played really well. Let's go back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor played really well. He showed people were kind of sleeping on Jonathan Taylor because he's been so hurt this year. I know for all the people who are really uh, big in fantasy football here, the guy's dead to you. But like when you look at the real NFL, uh, Jonathan Taylor's one of the best. I mean, he was the best. Last 100%. Year. I mean, obviously, Derrick Henry, I feel like is probably the most complete back right now. But Jonathan Taylor still has some juice left in him. He's only 23. You know, he's a guy that, you know, that Colts team needs badly. You know, if they had him earlier in the year, you know, who knows? Frank Wright might still have a job because there's a few games that they probably would have won with Jonathan Taylor in there. So, yeah, you know, Jonathan Taylor is one of the best for a reason. And uh, whoever the Colts have under center next year is going to really enjoy handing him the ball off. 100% I agree. And on that note, I think we should transition to. Let's transition to the Odell Beckham Jr. Saga. Okay. This has been so unbelievably interesting. He's good. There will be visits with uh, the Cowboys and Giants. Bills as well. And the Bills. Thank you. That's going to be awesome to see. Uh, visits will happen this week. So, and also having him be, also him being cleared. Great. That's great to hear. Yeah. That's going to be really exciting to see. Yeah, it is. You know, I'm curious where he's going to end up. Obviously, when you look at all three teams, 
You know, th- there's a few teams I thought would be on them that I'm surprised aren't. Uh, such as like I really thought the Minnesota Vikings would be on him personally just because of the Kevin O'Connell connection from last year with the Rams. He's like best mm-hmm. friends with Justin Jefferson. The Vikings have a clear need. They're nine and two. That always made a lot of sense to me. But I'm guessing, you know, the feeling wasn't necessarily mutual. Minnesota, I've seen nothing of even contacting him. So when I'm just evaluating these three teams, I feel like the best fit is probably the Bills. You know, Gabe Davis is a, is a nice, like, red zone piece. But he's an, I don't know if he's a number two yet, you know. And I feel like if you could have Stefan Diggs. I think he's a number two. I do. You know, I do think he is, but only on, like, the Buffalo Bills, where I don't know if he would do that have similar production elsewhere where it's just, there's not a lot of volume. It's a lot of big play stuff. You know, you don't, obviously I know Diggs takes up a lot of that because you know, he's, he's Stefan Diggs. That's Allen's go-to guy. But I like to see a little more consistency out of Gabe Davis, like multiple five catch games, not just three catches for a hundred yards and a touchdown. Or like, I like to see a little more consistency when it comes to Gabe Davis. I feel like that's what Odell brings. He creates separation. He's a big play guy. And when you could have all three of those guys put together, I mean, that's the Bills are they're they're already tough. You know, you add Odell into the mix for the playoffs. That's the type of piece that you use to take down a Kansas City Chiefs that they have not been able to dethrone yet. So I feel like the Bills would be his best fit. The Cowboys, I know everyone loves that, but I don't. I don't know why that makes sense for Odell Beckham Jr. Personally, it hmm. just I, I don't get the ties. One, if you sign there. You're going to burn some bridges with a lot of fans from New York because you're joining a division rival. You right. know, that that's not something you really like to see because players, I don't care what players say. At the end of the day, they still do care about teams they leave and the image that they have. And it's kind of like when Brett Favre joined the Vikings, you know, that kind of damaged his yeah. image to a lot of Packers. Yeah. You know, and Odell seems like the type that's of true. guy with, with like, with like an ego where, you know, he wants, you know, he needs to be loved, you know, even if he's not there anymore. And it's just like, do the Cowboys really need him? Like, I feel like Michael Gallup's really solid. They haven't given Tolbert a chance yet, but Odell wants a multi-year deal, and I don't know if the Cowboys are in position to give him a multi-year deal. Dak's got a lot of money due. You got Zeke. You know, you're Pollard. Pollard is gonna need to be is gonna be due some money. Then you're gonna want to approve that offensive line in free agency. Uh, Schultz is due a contract as well. Mm -hmm. Lamb will be due in about another year or two. Where yes. I, just, I don't know if it makes sense. And Jerry Jones also seems a little hesitant to give him a deal because Odell still might not even be cleared for at least a month where he might not even be up on the field. Like he would be a clear rental for the playoffs from what I've read. Where like, even if he is ready, it would be like week 17 <laughs> where it's like, he, Wait, it'd be he, like the last he's season. cleared. Yeah. He's cleared for, I believe practice. I don't know if he signed that he'd be like on the field next week kind of thing where I don't know if he would, be able to play i've heard that's why jerry jones is a little hesitant is because he doesn't know when exactly odell could get on the field um the giants make a lot of sense as well do you lose wandale robinson uh they need one yeah, that's but, brutal uh, you know wandale was such a great pick he was really starting to get it together but you know i don't know if he wants to play with daniel jones so i mean i don't really know how much the giants are in the mix it just it doesn't make sense. If I'm Odell, I don't know why I would join the Giants. Because like, yeah, I mean, they're a very good team, but I don't think like you're the you're that missing piece, you know, because the Giants I still think will be a first round exit. So I yeah. mean you look at all the teams, the Bills are the clear cut team. If if he's Super Bowl chasing, if he's just chasing a ring, I feel like he's gonna go to the Bills. But if he or the Chiefs he, too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that after requiring Kadarius Tony. I mean, I talks have kind of dimed down, you know, calmed down a little bit. Um, I'd like to see it; it'd be great, but I don't know. Um, it'd be it, it's going to be interesting because I don't know if it's just these three teams are bust, or if he's going to be a little op- more open minded, and if some teams were maybe not thinking of come in last second. Yeah, true. Hundred percent agree. It would be very interesting to see him go to the Cowboys, though. It would. I mean, he, he wants to join a big market, you know, that's Odell kind of, you know, just look at the teams, you know, I, but the Buffalo is not a big market. So me, that's just a, that, that's just a Josh Allen situation to me. You know, it's like he, he wants to play with one of the best, you know, at that point he'll go. And I believe don't the bills ha- have uh grass, not turf. 
because I know that's really big in his decision as well. He does not want to yeah. play for a team that has turf still. Agreed. 100%. I think we got that there. Now let's go to Levante David. Uh, let's go to uh, Levante David nominated for the Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award. Uh, that's awesome. Great. Uh, 100%. Um, great, great work for him. Hopefully, hopefully he wins too. I mean, just awesome for Levante David. What a guy. Uh, what a leader on that Bucks defense too. What a just a leader. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's who Levante David's always been since he's kind of entered the league. You know, when you look for a player leader with leadership, you know, you think of Levante David. He's been through the good and the bad with that Bucks team. That's so there, true. He was there with the Josh Freeman days and he was able to win a title during mm-hmm. the Tom Brady days, you know. So, you know, it's he's just always been a great guy, you know. He's been awesome. Yeah. Very well respected around the league. And, you know, I really hope he wins it. You know, this, he's the type of yeah. guy. For. Yeah, I hope so, too. I mean, he's he's extremely underrated, and I think he should be – he'll definitely be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, absolutely. I think he's got a really good shot, especially having that Super Bowl ring under his belt. It just kind of builds up that resume. I don't know if he'll yes. be a first ballot, but I do think that he will someday get in. I think he ends up in the first ballot. I think he's the first ballot guy for sure. Okay. I, yeah, I could see that. That would be interesting. You know, I would love to see that. Me too. Me too. Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully uh, Levante David wins. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now let's go to, we have Daryl Henderson Jr. To the Jaguars. This is a great move for the Jaguars. Uh, the Rams released. Uh, the Rams released him. The Jaguars claim him. Uh, I like this move. Uh, he uh, backs up Travis Etienne Jr. Uh, Travis Etienne Jr. has had a phenomenal year. I like this move by the Jaguars. Best of luck to him on the Jaguars. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And you know, the reason I like this move so much for the Jaguars is because this is your James Robinson replacement. You really had no replacement once you got rid of him. Yes. Now, you know, I don't know if ETN's ever going to be a guy that could handle full workload. I mean, up to this point, he has. But I feel like Daryl Henderson just gives Doug Peterson just another weapon to use. Because when, when he was yes. coaching Philadelphia, it was running back by committee. They had a bunch. You had like Corey Clement, LeGarrette Blunt. Yes. So I think that was the early Miles Sanders days when he was kind of like a rookie. So. You know, they're, you know, they always do running back by committee when Doug Peterson's uh, call and plays. So, I mean, you know, Daryl Henderson, I was very surprised by the release. I'm guessing it had to be some sort of playing time issue where he just asked for his release because they were rolling with Akers, Kyron Williams. Uh, they had someone else who was like an undrafted free agent. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like this is a really good move. And, you know, Jaguars probably had one of the earliest claims on them. There was an argument for probably a few teams to put in a claim. So, but, yeah, you know, I feel like that's a really good fit. I like what the Jaguars are doing, and they're just surrounding Trevor Lawrence with as much talent as they can from the offense. Yeah, agreed, agreed, 100%. Again, best of luck to Daryl Henderson Jr. on the Jaguars. All right, now let's go to Joe Thomas and Rondé Barber named Hall of Fame semifinalists for 2023. Congratulations to the both of them. Uh, they had they uh, both have had phenomenal careers, to say the least. Uh, oh, absolutely! I mean, Joe Thomas. I, I I truly believe Joe Thomas will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He has been just you know he was the best left tackle for like a decade. You know, even if you weren't a Browns fan or paid attention during the bad times, yeah, everyone knew knew who Joe Thomas was. You know, hundred percent. No, he was a guy in PFF had nearly like a ninety grade every year. You know, he was just so solid in, you know, the most the most important factor, maybe not the most important, but the one that really stood out the most was just his loyalty to that franchise. You know, not many players of his caliber would stay there for as long as he did. They would have wanted to be traded, ask out, all of that. And he just, you know, he stayed there. And, and I feel like that speaks a lot of volume, especially when you're trying to go in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Is when you stay with one franchise for the longest time and you dominate, 
like that just shows me like like that's first ballot worthy to me and he's also and just like rondell barber he's made a name for himself outside of the actual day. game yeah where like they went into broadcasting and joe thomas is on i believe nfl network now where like i like seeing that from former players who are actually good at what they do off the football field um but obviously the hall of fame is based off just an actual nfl football standpoint i like joe thomas i feel like he'll be a first ballot Barber, I don't know. I think he'll get in eventually. It's still, I know he's been up for a few years, I believe now. I think it's been a few. I believe so too. I mean, no, I don't know when it, when it's been this long, I don't know if he's going to get in, but I believe Joe Thomas eventually will get in. Yeah. Yeah. Rondé Barber deserve Rondé Barber deserves though. He deserves to be first ballot. He had a phenomenal uh, career. He was part of that Super Bowl winning team. Yeah. Uh, great, uh, great shutdown corner. Um, he deserves to be first ballot. So does Joe Thomas. Uh, best, hopefully, these guys get into the Hall of Fame as first ballot. Yeah, I mean, those are types of guys that you know a lot of us grew up with seeing the end of it, but our parents, you know, saw a good portion of them before we were really yeah. into it. So you know, um. Barber, I believe he was part of that Gruden Bucks team when they. Yeah, won. he was. He was. You know, and you know he played a big role, and I would, I would like to see him get in. You just got to see. You know, it's not easy for cornerbacks to get in because it's such a wide range. How do you really determine? You know, from a from a standpoint, from a cornerback, from a defensive back standpoint, it's if you're not like Ed Reed, you know, those big time big names, you know, it's like uh, you probably won't get in the first time. It takes a few. Oh, years. um. Hold on, holy. Um, we forgot to talk about the. Okay. Uh, we forgot to talk about the Thanksgiving games. All right, let's let's get into it. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, let's go. I completely skipped over the Thanksgiving games. Let's not forget that. We'll come back to the um, – sorry, guys. Let's come back – we'll come back to Joe Thomas and Rondé Barber, but let's go into the Bills-Lions. What a game that was. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a scare for Buffalo. They they nearly got upset, but, I mean, yeah. would it really be a Thanksgiving tradition if the Lions didn't blow a game, you know? You know, that's mm. just kind of what they do. Um, I really thought uh, uh, Coach Campbell, you know, he really – Dan Campbell, he really mismanaged the game. The, they had the game wrapped up on third and one. You just you run it with Jamal Williams up the gut, get the first down, drain some drain some clock, kick a, kick a game winning field goal. Instead, on third and one, you you really throw a deep shot down the sideline. On third and one, where you don't take any time off the clock, and luckily they did hit the fifty one yard field goal, but that was no give me. So you know, yeah, they really did deserve to lose that game. And Stephon Diggs does what he does best. He shows up for the biggest moments. Right away, I believe it was like a yeah. 37 yard strike over the middle. Diggs caught it, put him right in field goal range, bass for the win. But you know, my big takeaway from the game is that this Lions team is more talent is more talented than people probably give them credit for. They unfortunately just don't have the right coach. They don't have the right coach. Dan Campbell is I actually like Dan Campbell though. I like him, but I don't like him as a head coach of like my, my football team. Where like I he's not a winner he he's a motivator but he's not a winner and I feel like when you look at that team if you just had an offensive minded coach in there a guy who knows what to do with what he has that team could be taken to the next level so I will not be surprised if Dan Campbell is let go this offseason and then they look for a coach to like a big time coach to bring in because Brad Holmes you know what what many people do forget is that he didn't really have a say in the head coaching search, he was hired, and then he was kind of forced to hire Dan Campbell like right after, like a week he was there. So he didn't even get to look at multiple candidates because they were hired at the almost the exact same time. So ownership was really involved in that process of hiring Dan Campbell. And Brett, so and Dan Campbell was also the only guy left. Yeah, yeah. Know, everyone passed on the Lions job. No one wanted it. Dan, that's the only reason Dan Campbell had the job in the first place. He's done. He has exceeded expectations. But when you have this Lions team that's getting Jameson Williams back, you have Amon Ross St. Brown, 
you make a horrible trade and train TJ Hawkinson to a division rival. You got Swift, Jamal Williams, Aiden Hutchinson on defense. There's there is a nice core in place where now you are going to be in position to draft a quarterback or trade up for a quarterback because that Rams pick is going to be pretty high. Um, you 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 need to bring in a coach that's going to really pull this team together. And now it's time to pull out the big guns, and you know find a coach that's going to take this team to the next level. Dan Campbell, unfortunately, you know great guy, but you know he's not fit to to truly run an NFL football team. He doesn't have the game management experience. He's too hard-nosed. And, you know, I know, I don't know if you've noticed this, but in today's game, hard-nosed coaches don't last much. They don't typically last. You know, it's an offensive-minded game, very young-minded coaches. That's just kind of the direction the NFL is going in, you know. Mm-hmm. Lions, still very, very good team. They were in prime position to win that game against Buffalo, but, you know... Good teams find ways to win, and that's what Buffalo did. Yeah, Buffalo. Buffalo got it done. Ed Oliver, what a game he had. Absolute mauler. Just yeah. He gets a fumble recovery and a safety. Uh, Josh Allen, that pass to Stephon Diggs, that was great. So good. I mean, Josh Allen is unbelievable. Unfortunately, Von Miller goes down. That's pretty brutal to see yeah uh, i'm just glad it was i'm just glad he's not out for the year like it, it sounds yeah. like it's multiple weeks so my guess is you know maybe he had like a slight like mcl tear where he could get a, like uh maybe just like a little trim done and then he'll be back for the playoffs but it's i'm definitely glad to see that he didn't blow it out completely because that's something you don't want to see for someone at that age um you know because it's not easy to come back from at like 31 32 he's he's a little older yeah. Yeah, it's true. No, yeah, I agree with you on that. I think we got that. We got the Bills Lions game. Now let's go to the Cowboys Giants game. The Cowboys get a really they get a massive win. Their defense comes up big. That fourth and one that the Giants failed to convert, that was a huge. That's the play of the game right there. That was the the yeah. turning moment. And then you also have the Salvation Army bucket celebration. That was really cool. Uh, Cowboys get it done. Ezekiel Elliott plays very well. Uh, Dak Prescott has a really nice game. Yeah, you know, I mean, the Cowboys. I mean, the Giants are just you know, they're just shorthanded. You know, that offense is brutal. Yeah. You know, their record, you know, it's it's really because of their defense. Their defense has been stout this year. Their defense has been 100%. great. And Dable's – he's been able to get, like, the best out of Daniel Jones. Like, you are 100%. very limited with Daniel Jones as a passer, unfortunately. Then when you have no weapons out there, you know, and if, if Saquon can't get going, that's how you stop that team, you know. They have no Daniel Bellinger. They have no Wondell Robinson. They traded Kadarius Tony away. So when we start looking at these weapons they had at week one, they're just not there anymore. And yeah, the Giants are banged up, and it's really it's really, really unfortunate. You know, they really are. I mean, that's a destination that, you know, they're going to be looking for a quarterback. I don't know if it'll be in the draft or if they'll trade for one, sign one. I mean, they, they could sign a Jimmy G, trade for a Derek Carr. I mean, there's options they could do. I don't know what it will be. Um, but, you know, the, the Cowboys team, they're just – this is the best Mike McCarthy Cowboys team I've seen in a really long time. Yes. But I don't want to give Mike McCarthy all the credit because I feel like a lot of credit has to go to Dan Quinn. His defense is just yes. unbelievable yes. this year. He's going to be a head coach. I don't know where. I would say maybe the Broncos would make would be the favorites right now. He was a finalist for them last year. That's who they probably should have hired, but man, you know that that defense is unbelievable. It especially when they play a Giants team with no weapons as it is. I mean, that Cowboys offense struggled for a good portion of that game, but their defense yeah. kept them in it like they've done the past few weeks. Their defense is just unbelievable. Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, Donovan Wilson. I mean, even Doris Armstrong off the bench. I mean, you have He's so awesome. many guys that are just just big maulers that are just, you know, changing these games. Yeah. It, it just takes a lot of pressure off Prescott 
And another thing is, you know, Zeke's looking pretty nice. You know, yeah. Pollard are a nice one-two punch. And Dalton Schultz, it's nice to see him healthy again. He scored 100%. two touchdowns. I mean, that team, you know, they're pretty complete right now. And, you know, I usually, I'm usually not that high on Dallas. But for some reason, this team, it just, it, it just feels different. Yeah, it does. It does. Also, you have – what am I going to say? Uh, you have Jonathan Hankins. You have uh, Tack McKinley, too. Uh, Lots of depth. They'll definitely get some time. So those are some really good moves that they've made. All right. I think we got the Cowboys-Giants. Now let's go to the Vikings-Patriots. Very controversial call on the Hunter Henry drop. Uh, I think the Vikings did deserve to win that game. I would say that. Kenny and Wangu has a great return touchdown. He comes up massive. Vikings defense comes up massive. Mac Jones has a good game. What a what an awesome game. Thursday night game. That was a really good game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the best part was it, it was in prime time. And, you know, yeah. Cousins, you know, I feel like kind of, you know, for some reason the media, is, they, they just have something against the guy. I don't know what it is, but, you know, I don't like that prime time narrative because he's always performed yeah. well in prime time. It's his defense because what, you know, he's had very solid numbers in prime time. It's just his defense, you know, if people wanted to do some of their research, there, his defense averages like 30 points allowed per game in prime time. And, you know, we, we saw what that defense did on, on Thursday night. They gave up 26 points to Mac Jones. You know, Mac Jones heading in that game, I if, if you're in the betting, you couldn't even bet. The highest, like, under you could bet for Mac Jones for passing yards was 279 and a half. He ended with 382. Like, he would, you know, like, that doesn't happen, you know. That defense was absolutely brutal. It's been brutal all year. They got exposed by the Cowboys. But, you know, the offense showed up. Adam Thielen is, is, is alive. Yeah. You know? Adam Thielen's alive. And Justin Jefferson just showed yes. that he, he's the best NFL receiver. You know, he passed oh. Randy Moss. Oh. You know, he passed Moss and he passed Odell Beckham Jr. for the most yeah. yards by a receiver in yeah. their first three years in the league. And there's still yeah. six games remaining. So that record might yeah. never be broken. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome for, for uh, Justin Jefferson. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, we just want to congratulate him. What a phenomenal player. He's so fun to watch. And I, he will only get better from here. Which is, the, that's just the scariest part is we probably haven't even seen the best Justin Jefferson that, that we could see. That's He's true. Unpartable. You're seeing 50-50 balls thrown up. Um, when it comes to that Hunter Henry um, touchdown, I mean, according to the rule book, they did get it right. That ball did move. You know, it was very yeah, it did, it Megatron. At, you know, we saw that with the Lions. Barely. Yeah, what like yeah, a decade ago, you know, that it was literally identical to the whole Megatron situation where it's like, oh, he was on the ball, but when he went to the ground, the ball did move, and you the rule is you need to keep full possession the entire time. And he didn't. When you look at that replay, it's very ticky tacky, but according to the rule book, you 100%. Do need to complete the whole possession, and he didn't. That ball did move, and he didn't have his hand under it. So that's why it was ruled incomplete. It changed the outcome of the game for sure. Because I believe the Patriots are supposed to kick, uh, kick. But I feel like the biggest takeaway from the game was just Kirk Cousins' performance. Bill Belichick had yes. a top five defense. And I feel like anytime you go 31 of 37 for 299 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, you know, that is just one heck of a game by Kirk Cousins. And that Adam Thielen touchdown, I've never seen a Kirk Cousins as focused as he was. Yeah. Um, it was just a great play design by Kevin O'Connell. I thought, you know, Kevin O'Connell really struggled with his play calling against the Cowboys, obviously against yeah. his former coach, Bill Belichick. Uh, you know, he was just flawless this game. 100%. Percent, 100%. Has done such a great job. I don't know why his name is not even really mentioned as like the favorite for coach of the year. You know, they're they have a good chance to go nine and or they're nine and two already. The next few weeks, there's a good chance they could go twelve and two. They should be favored in every game over the next, you know, month or so. Um yeah. so you no, know, it's just it's definitely that was a big time win. It was nice to see a big bounce back because now you saw how this Vikings team kind of handles adversity. When adversity hits, they don't just crumble. 
that's what they would have done under the Mike Zimmer, under Mike Zimmer, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but with Kevin O'Connell, it's a very different vibe out there. You know, you're seeing a very different Kirk Cousins, a very b- different team as a whole. Now we just got to find Kirko some chains, you know. I heard the grill might Ooh. be next. Getting himself yeah. a grill. Yeah. All right. We got that game. All right. Now let's go to let's go back to Joe Thomas and Rondé Barber. We just want to congratulate them because they both have have had phenomenal they both had phenomenal careers. Uh and they will both be first ballot Hall of Famers. Uh hopefully uh they do so for this year. Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it would be great to see both of them in it. You know, we just got to wait and see. You know, the NFL Hall of Fame is tricky because a lot of the time for guys that a lot of fans think should get in, don't get in first time. So, uh, you know, we just got to kind of just like wait and see and, you know, see what the NFL ballot decides. All right. 100% agree. Now, uh, let's go to Sean Ryan suspended six games for violating NFL policy against performance-enhancing substances. It's not a good move by him. Just not not a good move. Yeah, no, not at all. I really liked him coming out of Michigan. Uh, his dad played in the NFL as well. Um, you know, it's not what you like to see. But, you know, unfortunately, this, ha- this is pretty common with athletes, um, you know, from, from just from an offensive lineman. And I don't even think he starts for them or it's very hard, you know, just like why, you know, like just right. don't get it. Um, I get it. You know, there's a lot of pressure, but yeah, you know, we'll just kind of wait and see. You know how the Packers handle that. Um, right, he'll be right. suspended, and you know, odds are he won't even even be brought back to the team next year because if you're not a big time name, you know, teams typically move off of guys like that. Right, right, agreed. All right, now let's go to the predictions for this. Uh for the games on Sunday and Monday. All right. Trying to pull up my prediction thing. Uh, Hold on. I got to go pull up the games. All right. Sounds good. Let's do it. Hang on. I got to just, I'm going to week 12. Uh, Broncos, Panthers, who do you have? Oof. Well, that is a tough one. Sam Darnold is starting today. I'm going to go with the Broncos. I believe Russell Wilson. I believe Russell and Russell Wilson much more than I do Sam Darnold. And when it comes to very close games, I typically go with the quarterback. But Davis Murray, I think, could have a day. Yeah. I was – I mean, I originally took the Panthers. I mean, actually – I mean, it's tough because Carolina is home, so I wouldn't be, like, shocked by it. I'll take Carolina. I'll take Carolina. They played the Ravens very well. I'm going to take Carolina in this one. All right. I like it. I, I, yeah, I like the way they played the Ravens. Uh, give me Carolina in this one. All right, now let's go to uh, Buccaneers-Browns. Who do you have? You know, this is a very tough game because the Browns play so well at home. And this is the last week with Jacoby Brissett, so he's gonna probably put it all out on the line. Um, but you know, I'm gonna stick to my gut. I think the Bucks are getting hot. And yeah. I know there's no Leonard Fournette, I know he's out with a hip injury, but I think Rashad White is just as good, maybe even better. You got Godwin who's healthy, Mike Will Mike Evans is back, or not back, but I mean I feel like he's playing at a very high level from where he was a year ago. So I'm gonna go with the Bucks because I trust Tom Brady much more than I trust Jacoby Brissett. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bucks as well. Um, I think that running game is that running game is gonna be huge. So give me the Bucks in this one. All right, now let's go to the Ravens Jaguars. Who do you have? Uh, this is really tough as well. I'm going to go. I'm going with the Jaguars. You know, I feel like the Ravens really struggled with the Panthers. And the and Jaguars are Jaguars home? Yeah, the, the Jags yeah, are at home. I don't 
I have a really just big time feeling about the Jaguars. So yeah, you know, I I feel like you know they always win these type of games where the the Jacks usually just come out of nowhere. Sometimes the Ravens always drop a few late in the year, and you know this is the type of game I think they could drop. I because they still have no Dobbins and they have no Bateman, so Lamar has really struggled lately, and I feel like this is the game that you know their defense might struggle a little bit. I'm, I have to disagree with you. I'm taking the Ravens. I. They got a really nice win. Got a good win last week. Um, I, I, it, they're really hard to go against, and I'm taking the Ravens in this one for sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it go either way. I always try to find some type of game. I feel like that's kind of like an unexpected type of game. And I don't know. The Jaguars are a weird team. Like, like they were playing. They played the Eagles very well early in the year. That ended up blowing that game. I don't know. I just I need to see Lamar Jackson do it with his arm. I mean, he's been great. He's been pretty damn good with his arm. Yeah, I just I need to see a little more consistency out of him because I feel like if he needs to do more with his arm, I need to see more because like he's had a lot of games where he's you know he's thrown the game away. I know when they lost to the Giants, you know he threw two late game interceptions where you just can't have that. Um, obviously I feel like the Ravens are the more complete team, but I just have a weird feeling that the Jaguars are somehow just going to put up a lot of points today. And I don't know if Lamar is going to be able to put up 30 points. I just, I'm not sure. I think they, I think they have a big game. Give me the Ravens. All right. Now let's go to Texans dolphins. Who do you have? Oh, dolphins. You know, the, I still feel like Houston's tanking for that number one pick. I think they're trying to get Bryce Young. Um, the yeah. Dolphins, you know, they just there's so much firepower there. Tua's in the MVP conversation, I think. And then you have Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, Jeff Wilson in the backfield. You know, where it's just the Texans, the Texans are not going to compete. They're starting a backup quarterback in Kyle Allen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm taking the Dolphins, too. They, they should have a huge game. Um, all right. Bears, Jets, who do you have? I'm going the Jets. Uh, Justin Fields is inactive today. Um, so, you know, I trust my, you know, Mike White started a few games last year. Um, and plus, I just think the Jets are a better team right now. The only glimpse of hope the Bears really had was Justin Fields and the fact that he's not playing today. Um, Jets are home. You know, this just screams Jets win by seven or more. Oh, I'm still thinking about this game. Oh, it's definitely a tough game because, you know, that the Bears, you know, this would be such very Bears-esque to pull out a win with Trevor Simeon. Oh, man. I'm going to go with the Bears. All right. Going with the Bears. I like it. I think they surprised the Jets. I can see it. Bears yeah. are Bears aren't as bad as on offense as people think, but I feel like you're going to get a more consistent passing game with Sammy, who's primarily a pocket passer. Hmm. So I don't know, like Fields is much better talent. Don't get me wrong, but I do think Simeon's might be just a little bit of a better passer right now. Like he's kind of like what that offense needs. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Bengals Titans. Who do you have? Uh, Jamar Chase was just ruled out, so that changes my pick. I'm going with the Titans. I feel like they're a more complete team. Um, not having Jamar Chase out there, no Joe Mixon. You know, this just screams Titans, and I think Traylon Burks has a really big day. You know, we saw him kind of break out a little bit against the Packers, but, you know, I feel like today is the day. You know, we, we see a big Traylon Burks day, and I just feel like I, I really like Tannehill, Henry, Burks, Hooper, that defense. They're home. So to me, this screams Titans. Yeah, I'm taking the Titans too. I'm taking the Titans as well. Uh, I like them on both sides of the ball. And the Bengals will have a hard time stopping Derrick Henry. Give me the Titans. All right, now let's go to Falcons Commanders. Who do you have? Oof, this is a tough one, but you know I really like what Taylor Heineke's doing. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with the Commanders. I feel like they're just the better team right now. The Falcons have surprised some people, but they've just won a lot of 
you know, where they like they've beaten like the Bears and other teams that it's like, you know, between the two worst, one of them's got to win. And that's just kind of what the Falcons have been doing. I still have questions about Marcus Mariota, but um, I'm going with commanders. I feel like they're starting to get a little hot right now. And when they once they, since they changed quarterbacks, you know, the team's playing much harder for Heineke than they ever did for Wentz. Hmm. Yeah. I'm taking the commanders too. I like them on both sides of the ball. Chargers, Cardinals, who do you have? This is this is probably the toughest game of the day, I think. Because the Chargers aren't going to have Mike Williams. So you're just going to have Keenan Allen, Palmer, and everyone out there. Well, then for the Cardinals, they have no Rondell Moore and no Greg Dortch. Um, but Marquise Brown is expected to be back. You know, so when you got Hopkins and Brown out there, it's still a good team. I'm going to go with the Chargers because I just feel like after playing the Chiefs so tough, you know, they're going to come out for blood today. And the Cardinals are just kind of a mess right now with Cliff Kingsbury. I would not be surprised if it was like a total just butt whipping today. And then you saw Cliff Kingsbury like just randomly fired like tomorrow morning or something where it's just, it's just one of those shocking moves. I like to have a little bit of a bold prediction, but like if it's just like a very lopsided victory where you get embarrassed at home, head into the bye week next week. Yeah. Um, if they lose, I think they'll be like three and eight, four and seven. I don't know exactly. They'll be four and eight if they lose. Four and eight, and that pretty much takes you out of the playoffs. Um, yeah, so that's just something I could potentially see. I'm going with the Chargers. It's just with Kyler Murray coming back from a hamstring, he could easily hurt that right away. Hmm. So I'm gonna go with the Chargers. You know, I just I, I really love Justin Herbert. You know, that team, that Chargers team is much better than what their record says. Hmm. I see what you're saying. I got to take the Chargers as well. I like the way they've been playing, so I will be taking them. All right, now let's go to Raiders, Seahawks. Who do you have? Uh, so I'm going Seahawks. I, I love this Seahawks team. I love what they're doing. You know, when they made that Russell Wilson trade and went to Geno Smith, uh, I was very cautious. I was like, uh, they're, 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 they're going to be horrible. They'll be lucky to win four or five games. But, you know, they really surprised people because they nailed that draft, you know, getting Kenneth Walker, yeah. I think, wrapped up rookie of the year already. And then they got Tariq Wooten. You got the ta- the two tackles. They drafted Tariq two. Woolen? Yeah, Tariq Woolen. That's who it is. He's played such great as a corner for, for them. He's been awesome. Um, yes. And then you have the two tackles. You know, it's not, it's not very often you find two offensive tackles, your left and right tackle, in the same draft. Like, that's incredible. I believe it's like uh, – Abraham, or he, he was from Washington State. That's a right tackle, Charles Cross at left tackle, you know, where they found two perennial yeah. tackles. And it's just, and it's not easy, you know, playing in Seattle. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I just feel like that they are such a fun team right now to watch. You know, they're, they're very fun. And the Raiders are still, they're just a mess, kind of like we talked earlier in the show. You know, there's just not a lot there outside of Adams and – car and josh jacobs is 50 50 if he's going to play today he's on track to play but it's not a for sure thing Hmm. right damn hopefully josh jacobs gets better as soon as possible i'm taking the seahawks today i like the way they've been playing uh i i they've been playing some really nice football give me the seahawks all right who do you have uh rams or chiefs Oh, this is going to get ugly. Uh, there's no Matthew Stafford, no Cooper Cup, and now there's no Allen Robinson either. He's not expected to play. Um, So I'm not sure if the Rams have anyone <laughs> that can really compete with the Chiefs. And then it's also in Kansas City. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs, and I'm thinking they're probably going to win by two-plus touchdowns. I don't believe in Bryce Perkins and Van Jefferson as your number one receiver heading into today. It's it's going to be an ugly game, unfortunately. You really hate to see that from a team just banged up by injuries coming off of a Super Bowl win. Like, we've never seen a team just collapse this much. Yeah. Man, I'm taking the Chiefs as well. They've been playing better football than the Rams. So I will be taking them. Saints or 49ers? 
I'm going to go with the Niners. You know, I feel like the Niners are about to get on a big run. You know, they're going to get on a run. They're going to win that division. And they're probably – they're they'll be in prime position to be maybe the biggest threat in the NFC. They're a team that I think could compete with the Eagles. Like, those are my two favorites, I think, in the NFC right now, the Niners and the Eagles. They just match up so well. And I just feel like the, the 49ers have that experience where it's like they're – every tough game or close game, I'm going to give the edge to the Niners. Just they have some experience. They've been to so many NFC Championship games Super Bowl in the Super Bowl. You know, when it's a close game like this, I'm going to go with the uh, the 49ers. But I would not be shocked if the Saints kept it close. Andy Dalton has played surprisingly well. True. That is correct, yes. I'll be taking the 49ers. I like them offensively and defensively. So that's what I'm going with. Packers or Eagles? Big Packers fan. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to be – I hate it. As a Vikings fan, I have to root for them. But – the Eagles are home. You know, the Packers are a mess. Um, they're absolutely mess. Aaron Rodgers has like a broken thumb. So, I mean, just that defense has been very avulsion, sloppy. Avulsion uh, fracture, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it's something where it's like he's in a lot of pain where it's just – and this year we have not seen the same Aaron Rodgers that we're used to. We're seeing a guy who gets frustrated easily. He's getting rattled, you know, where it's just – there's just too many – there's too many obstacles for this Packers team to overcome. Their defense has not been there. The, everyone thought this defense would be top five. Are they even top 15? Like, they've been a complete mess. So, yeah, I'm going with the Eagles. I think Hurts and them bounce back. Um, yeah, I'm going with the Eagles. I think A.J. Brown has a big night after being a little quiet last week. Yeah. Eagles got that win against the Colts. Uh, I'm taking the Eagles. They've been so damn good on both sides of the ball. The Eagles should. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, give me the Eagles. All right. Steelers, Colts, who do you have? Oh, boy. Yeah, this one's tough. But uh, I know that I know the Steelers typically own the Colts. But uh, this time around, I think the Colts are going to put it together. They're home. You'll have Pittman, Paris Campbell, Alec Pierce. Jonathan Taylor a little healthier. It's just I don't necessarily know if I trust Kenny Pickett yet. I feel like the Steelers are on the right path. You know, give them about another year or two, then they'll be able to compete again. But, yeah, no, I'm going with the Colts and Jeff Saturday. I don't like Jeff Saturday as a coach, but I do like the talent that the Colts have right now. And they're at home, and they played the Eagles tough last week. So I think the fact that they played the Eagles tough a week ago, uh, they should be able to handle Pittsburgh pretty easily. Yeah, I'm good. I'm taking the Colts as well. That is happening. I am taking the Colts as well. I think they bounce back. They played the Eagles very well. Colts win on Monday night. All right. That's that. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, guys, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Take care. Have a good one. Uh, all right. See you. Bye.